welcome. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to be a good one when we start laughing before we even say anything. Hi, Whitney. How are you? I'm well, Brandon. How are you? I am good. Feeling good. Busy. Doing my yes. thing. Yes. yes. Uh, same, same. So much has been happening lately, so I'm glad we can still make time for the pod and all of you, Absolutely. dear listeners. Um, I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, we're going to talk oh, about Harlem in a bit. Um, cannot wait. Um, but before we do that, what are you, what have you been consuming? Poker Face. I that love that show series. It's so good. And I wanted to, I wanted to keep going. I'm Forever. slowly watch. I'm slowly watching it because I saw that it was like only like what eight episodes, and I didn't want to let it all go. But after the first two that I just watched in like one sitting, I was like, oh no, this is this is too good. I really love Natasha Leon. Yeah, like she, what? <laughs> she's so mm-hmm. good. She's so, so good. She's good. so fun. She's just like nonchalant. Her like. Body language is just on point all the time. She pretty much plays herself, which I, I don't mind. Like, do your thing, girl. <laughs> she like, plays herself in like every role, every everything. But I'm here for it. I'm here for it. She's it very fun. She's fun to watch, and the show is fantastic. I don't want to give it away because you can still for listeners, but please go watch it. On Peacock? I think, uh, yes, yes, it's on Peacock, Peacock. and like. Yeah. The part about it that was really fun for me for that series was I had no idea that it was going to be an anthology series. Zero. Until, until the second episode. And I think that is such a fun rug pull. And then yeah. it just has been like a ride ever since. And it has like the through line of it is actually like really strong. It's the format is just mm-hmm. by like episode five, you get the format and it's, it's, just really well done and the yeah. people the stories like everything they feel Every, so original and fresh everything feels i was just gonna say that everything feels original all the actors know what they're doing and like what type of show they're acting in so they're just like let's go we're we're here it looks like it's such a fun show to be a part of and the whole time i was like oh my god this is it's so good so yeah go watch poker face y'all okay yes. what have you been watching I have been watching The Last of Us. Mm. Um, I am a apocalypse lover. I tried to stick with The Walking Dead, but we all know that lasted way too long. <laughs> yeah. I believe it's, it's still, still on the air. I think it's still on. Season 30. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I do love a good apocalypse moment, but I I will say I am really loving The Last of Us and I love this mm. like Pedro um like renaissance uh, He is having his moment. He's the daddy yes. of the moment. Yes, he is. He's the daddy of the moment. And, and I I think I saw that I saw it when he was on Game of Thrones. I like got a little peek. Yeah. That little, that little, he was in two episodes and he, he made a big impact. Yes, he did. Yeah. He was killing it. And so I have been, I've, I just, I'm such a big fan. I love him so much. So overall, this is a very different role for him. And I also just really love the 
like the artistry behind this. It was a video game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just finished it. I'm really just been loving all of it. Um, Bella Thorne, who you, was also in Game of Thrones, um, who played Leanna Marmont. Um, and I'm really happy to see her acting again. It's just, it just feels like She's a very good. original take. Yeah, she yeah. is good. She's really um, promising. But there's one episode in particular that just sticks out in my mind forever, which is the third episode. And if you haven't seen it, then just I, go watch it. It's a beautiful love story. I was sobbing. It just It's so crazy how much this series um, has so much heart. So overall, five out of five, big fan. Please go check it out. The Last of Us, the hype is real, in my opinion. Okay. I think I, I really do need to sit down and watch it. I've, I don't know. I, the first episode didn't do it for me, only the first half. And I think that's what turned me off because I felt like I was watching The Walking Dead and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I need to get back into it. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a little break and let's bring on our guest. All right. And we're back for our next segment where this portion we're going to talk about the amazing tv show harlem we some of us might hate it some of us might might love it but you know we have a special guest with us today and uh, whitney tell us who we have yes uh i am very excited to discuss harlem with this person she is my dear friend uh but for those of you who don't know her her name is tunisia wilson and she's an experienced creative director and multi-platform storyteller okay. with over 15 years of experience in creative development, writing, copywriting, social media, producing, and creative marketing within the entertainment industry and media space. She has developed, strategized, and produced long-form, short-form, on-air, branded content, and editorial content for brands, publishers, and public figures, including, but not limited to, Netflix, BET, VH1, Peacock, Facebook, and so many more. Listeners, let's give it up for my dear friend, Tanisha Wilson. That resume? Come on. Welcome, you know, Tanisha. You're like, oh, wow. Is that her? Yes. Um, well, thank you guys so much for inviting me to participate in this conversation. In addition to what I do for a living, I am a big fan of pop culture and yes. also conversation about pop culture. Mm-hmm. So I was so just flattered and happy and grateful to be invited in this conversation to talk about Harlem because I have thoughts. Yes. Okay. I love it. You can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Well, we will have opportunities for listeners to uh, learn a little bit more about what you're doing. We'll make sure we'll do that before the podcast wraps. uh, And we'll make sure to drop some of her links as well in the comments. But let's get into it. Let's Let's get into it. Let's Let's talk talk. about Harlem. (laughs) I mean, Tunisia, since you're since you're our guest here, we're gonna let you kick it off. What do we think about Harlem? And we we can talk about both season one and season two, since season two has has recently wrapped. Mm -hmm. And I just finished it, so yeah, fresh. Um, I just finished it as well um, within the last couple of weeks, and. 
I I'm I, I just finished Harlem season two recently and um you know the vibrancy and the colorful dynamics between the women the backdrop of Harlem New York where I'm from I'm from Brooklyn New York is such a beautiful expression that I think is necessary for television today mm-hmm. I think that um also women in their 30s like myself the the things that we face um being unmarried being career driven being you know not mothers yet are were reflected beautifully in the show um i think it's reflective of the times that we live in where you know women have evolved to decenter um you know marriage and children as mm-hmm. the main priority in their lives and I think that we never really had that experience of hearing from black women as part of this conversation of evolution in society as women, as we, you know, become more professionally driven. Um, so I, I really, really enjoy, you know, seeing that in its forefront. Um, I think for me, <laughs> my feedback is from, <laughs> a, you know, from a writing standpoint, I, I haven't written a show, so, you know, who am I? But from the writing standpoint for this past season, it seemed a little heavy handed in trying to like hit off on all of these, um, you know, marks that felt a little like pressured. It didn't really Mm. feel authentic, you know, versus season one where we understood who the main characters were, what the main challenge was, you know, what the plot was, what the climax was and so forth. I feel like in this last season, there were so many, um, you know, just bigger issues that they tried to work into the script in a way that felt like a walking advertisement for being a black woman in America today. It just seemed very forced in my opinion. Yeah. I think, I think I'm picking up, what you're talking about which is like the whole fertility conversation yeah. uh it, it's heavy-handed the series this and like i'm thinking back to season one and i don't remember that being so heavy-handed but i do think that they that's like to me that's bad writing when mm-hmm. you can't when you like have to like tell people a little bit about what you're trying to to explain to them like fertility oh oh oh, no the first season it was like fibroids do you remember like the whole fibroids thing like fibroids impact and like it's like it's like that was the end of the season where we were already involved and entrenched into the story exactly but this season i felt like every episode there was some type of like political or you know societal you know message that they were trying to convey you utilizing black women as the you know vehicle yeah the vehicle you know exactly yeah uh a hundred percent uh but i want to go back to what you were saying earlier which is like why you love the series i love the series for all the same reasons um i have law lo- i feel like it is in a way trying to turn sex in the city on its head mm-hmm. and there's a lot of shots 
that are very iconic from Sex and the City, like where the four of them are walking um, or the four of them are dining together. Even the fact that they always go to the same coffee shop, which is very similar to Sex and the City. Um, I, and I think they actually do that well. Like it doesn't feel like, so. you know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like they're trying to rip off, but I think they do it well. Yeah. Uh, I am happy for Megan Good. Uh, that she gets to have this series and lead it. Um, I think that she's actually doing a good job as the lead of this series, um, as self-centered as she is as a character yes. from a yes, character I was gonna say, perspective. I'm happy for her, but she's the worst character. She oh, actually but that's has always the worst how it character. goes. Yeah, yeah, that's always how it goes. But <laughs> the issue for a second, like how over time it's re- it's revealed that the main character is are the worst are, are kind of like the villain on the low i think in harlem though you know it's very evident that her you know self-destructive ways makes her kind of like unfathomable her character you know yeah, this yeah, is yeah, no yeah. shade of megan yeah, megan no. has long been my first girl crush since i was you know a little girl and to see her leading to see her like in this era in her career where we've all kind of grew up with her is amazing however her character is so schizophrenic in terms of what she wants and where she's going and how does she be it, it to me you know again and this is being very nitpicky i'm i'm kind of like would that really be a woman, a professor in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like would would her behaviors really align with that type of career? Mm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally cause yeah. it was like two days ago where I just finished it and I was like, she's not giving professor. And like that's yeah. not someone I I mean, wanna, but like, what is a professor? Come on, y'all. I know, but like she's messy. She's the messiest person on the show. Yeah. But like, yes. yeah, that's not like, I don't know. That doesn't give Professor like, and I love that Whippy's character is like, girl, like <laughs> you're a disaster. Like, but then when she is uh, like pleasantly surprised by her, she's like, all right, like I see it, but mm-hmm. you can still keep it moving. And maybe that's the intention for her yeah. to be a disaster. I mean, I don't know if you guys know many professors. I don't. I don't know. Um, but I think there has been a couple of shows that have revealed how messy they are, but I think, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that Megan's character needs like an awakening. I mm-hmm. did. I did love her, her ground that she stood on about not having kids b- mm-hmm. by the end, but I was kind of annoyed. It was like you, she broke up a marriage literally. Yeah to mm-hmm. go back and Okay, be like, maybe we should pause and say spoiler, spoiler. alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. In a, in a that this is not for the people. Sorry, who yeah. Watch. We've watched it. But yeah, she does. Yeah. And also you if you watch season 1, you knew that something was inevitable because we saw a homegirl looking down at them making out on the stairs. So you yeah. knew something was going to unfold. But yeah, she broke up a marriage and then was like actually I don't want anything that you want. So, and she just literally in the kitchen of her own event was like, okay, bye. And I was like, is she yeah. serious? 
I know. Saying that that would be hard to believe that for over twenty years of their you know relationship, they never talked about that. Kids and or she could be that fickle to (laughs) up and decide that kids were not a priority for her. See, to me, I actually think that they did talk about it. But I think she changed her mind because I remember at one point she said, I know he wants to have kids. I know that's a part of his thing. Well, in season yeah. two, she said that. But what Tanisha is saying is like through the 20 years of them literally with this back and forth, never talked about children mm-hmm. at all. No, but. OK, but no, I think because they but, did but I... start talking about it as when she was like, oh, my God, I didn't take like the Nuva ring came out and she's like, like. I might be pregnant and he's like it's okay we're in our 30s like that yeah. we can take care of a child and that's right. when they started talking about children it didn't seem like they ever talked about it before so that's what's weird like you're with somebody mm-hmm. for four years you're kind of talking about that a little bit at least I would think but yeah you're right 20 yeah. something years you never said anything and then all of a sudden it's bye after I broke up your marriage and made you like loan, get a loan from your aunt for like 70 thousand dollars yeah as a woman who has been into long-term relationships children come out yeah very quick you know what i mean especially in your late 20s early 30s like you're it's it's definitely in the forefront unless you have established that you you don't want children those people who just off the, the the top to say i don't want children yes they tend to not discuss it you know as often but generally Children come up within the first six months, the first year of a relationship. So the fact that they have been going on for so long, back and forth, back and forth, just doesn't seem realistic of, you know, where they both stand on the children, you know, pipeline. Also, again, going back to uh, Camille, her, her character, you know, being so fickle, leaving him as he's had the opportunity to go into Paris last season. And now she, he's left his fiance for her. And Mm -hmm. she has kind of decided that she doesn't want to have kids. Once again, the self-centeredness, the, the, the selfishness, the self-destructive nature, the back and forth, the flipping and flopping. Like to me, it's giving villain. It's giving villain. (laughs) I, I hate it when she slept next to the ex. Why like, would you fall Why would me? you do that? Like, what? I'm not laying next to you. I'm not, also not going to be in your apartment like that. Right. There was no she, coffee shop no. in Harlem that you go to to work on their, their project together? At all? While he was looking real yeah. good in his tank top, I, was, I would be like, no, I need to get out. <laughs> no, I'm out of here. Right. Right. But can, can I just say, though, one of the, the worst parts about the series to me is that it doesn't feel like it actually takes place in Harlem. It Ooh. like it doesn't it. I feel as there is a lot of shots that like are. Yeah. Like, B-roll. There. Yeah. B-roll. Yeah. Well, there was uh, a, I don't. Yeah. OK. OK. okay. Even <laughs> even. No, they didn't. And and it doesn't feel like they are actually trying to. Mm-hmm create like for a series that's called Harlem it doesn't feel like Harlem is a is a is an actual character in the series in the same way that New York felt like very much a character in the series for Sex and the City and yeah. and for other and for other like titles like this I mean even when they went in the second season when they went up to Famous Fish 
which is around the corner from where I used to live on 145th. I used to live on 147th and Adam Clayton. And basically that was, I was like, they created a facade. Yeah. For this, like you yeah, could have just go that up didn't there. Look real. They couldn't yeah. <laughs> write that. <laughs> that was that was unbelievable. I yeah. mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to bring this up, but as a a girl, I'm I'm a I'm a Sex and the City fanatic, and all of their problematic past, and I felt the the fifth character of New York being very very authentic yeah. in the show. I've watched every episode at least twice. I know mm-hmm. that for a fact. Um, however. Dare I say it? Run the world on Ooh. stars, which I came w- out, I think maybe two years ago. It's, I think the, the second season is coming out too. Very similar. Um, it's like the same know, thing, basically. Format. It's the same. Exactly. Thing. <laughs> However, that show, you know, there's some very, very, very authentic Harlem moments in it. Yes, that had me, you know, shook. Um, I can't recite all of the scenes and all of the, you know, maybe the locations and the, you know, the different descriptions like that. However, I did feel like, even I remember there was one in particular, like the girls getting like really drunk off nutcrackers in, you know, after like a barbecue or after like a, 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 um, Mm -hmm. a a party that they went to. That is so Harlem. That is so New York. That is so, you know, intrinsic to the DNA of what it's like to live in New York you know, the brownstones, the, um, the kids playing with the, 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 the fire extinguisher, not extinguisher, the fire um, hydrant, you know, during the summertime. Yes. That is New York. You know what I mean? And whether they be rolled it in or whether they, um, they mocked it up, whatever. I, as a New Yorker, I felt the authenticity for black New Yorkers in, you know, an area like that. And even people, you know, hate me when I say this, but like Sex in the City, yes, they wanted to have people, they, they got in trouble for, you know, lack of diversity on the show when it came out, right? As a black woman, lover of Sex in the City, I think that Sex in the City reflected New York to the perspective of the audience it was intended for. I said that the is same thing. So New York. That yes. is so New York. Yes. The, 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 the white women who I have interacted with when I used to work in the fashion industry, when I, I used to go to all girls school, their lives and their lanes is very, very um, singular and homogenous. Even in New York, the melting pot of the mm-hmm. world, you can literally curate your life to only interact with people who you want to interact with in New York. Mm-hmm. So I, I listen, I think, I think that, you know, going back to the, to the original point, Sex and the City was authentic to New York. Run the World is authentic to New York. And I think Harlem, with, you know, the 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 banneker Harlem, yes. feels a little... <laughs> feels a little light for me. Yes. Okay. I've been saying that. I've been saying that since the first episode. I spent six years in Harlem. I'm a, I have a deep, profound love for Harlem. The fact that they could not like the restaurant that they go to every day and almost every episode, we don't know the name of, and like, we don't know, like, yeah, is it Minton's, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like, is it, are they going to Red Rooster every, every week? That would be insane. Like, right. where are they going? And like, I just, I want to be rooted in where they, they are. They got money. So right. run. Well, that's also confusing for Megan Good's character, but 
the uh for run the world they always met they were like let's meet at jenny's yeah and i was like yeah because when i lived around the corner from them uh, from red rooster on 126 i used to always go to jenny's and if you don't know jenny's is the like speakeasy quote unquote beneath red rooster that yes. has like jazz music mm-hmm. it has all it's like it is a I vibe or at least it vibe. used to be a vibe yeah. uh i i remember i sat there once and saw denzel washington anyway mm-hmm. uh but <laughs> all that being in jenny's this was before you you moved right. to new york brandon yeah yeah when jenny's I was still popping i also know the writer of run the world um uh, her name is Drea, and we lived in New York at the same time. We have a connection through friends of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she frequented she frequented a lot of those places. Like she was a woman at that age who lived there, and I think that that mm-hmm. cha- that makes a difference. And I just also, wonder, you know, right? Okay, and not to completely derail, but oh, we like that. We call okay. them pullovers. So, <laughs> who is in Harlem. Okay, I wanted to talk about the guest stars. Yes. She's a former co-worker of mine when I used to work at Vibe. And she is Harlem through and through. I'm so happy that she's involved in it. I know that I've, I've seen that she has producer credit on it. Um, and I'm sure that she's being consulted as the authentic Harlem voice. Mm-hmm. However, uh oh. <laughs> Am I mistaken? Was did Bevy make a cameo in Run the World? Oh, I did I not watch know. that show. I can't. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I love it. It's amazing, Brandon. You will love it. Okay. Anyway, it, nonetheless, it's, it's I feel honestly like better. It's 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 way better. Um Stop the I lies. That Bevy Smith could be a conduit to both shows and give the fans, give me what I want, which (laughs) is showing that there are multitudes of groups of fabulous black girlfriends living in New York. Mm. If these women would, you know, overlap in some kind of way. And I think that that could only happen through Bevy Smith. Okay. So Tunisia laser eyes, is correct. Uh, just did a quick uh, fact check, and that is correct. She was there. She played herself. Uh, whereas in Harlem, she plays Aunt Tammy. Uh, yeah. She did have a cameo in that, which is really great. Well done, Tunisia. That was good. Mark your words that if there's an opportunity to cross-pollinate, it's going to be through Bevy. Yeah. Okay. This is actually a great moment because I really want to talk about the guest stars in the series. So uh so we have Bevy. We have Bevy, yes. Uh we have Sherry Shepherd. We have Whoopi. Um I also was really excited to see Rachel True in Oh I uh, thought that was two. great. Yes. Yes. Although she is has gotten very weird with her acting style uh as she's gotten older. But I mean she's either here nor there. She's a weird person. Yeah. Uh but the <laughs> The biggest guest star that I am always ecstatic every time she comes onto the screen, I could live inside this person. And I'm very curious what your <laughs> thoughts are. I'm curious on who this Jack- is. 
Jasmine Guy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what do we think about the accent? Okay, I think it's okay. strange, but then somebody please tell me, is she from the Caribbeans? Like originally? I don't believe I so. I don't but... know. Because even with um her daughter, uh what's that name? Uh Quinn. Uh, Quinn. She like when they interact, she has a little accent too, and it kind of bugs me. I don't love it. Yes. Well, I also, I don't know if you know this, but Quinn, Quinn Grace Byers is Caribbean. Okay. Yeah, um, but Jasmine Guy is not. She okay. was raised in Boston, and she was raised in an affluent, historic, uh, Collier Heights neighborhood of Atlanta, Georgia. Of Atlanta, oh, Georgia. Okay, so, so she's far she away from the Caribbean. Very light skin. Is, is she, she biracial? biracial? Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I thought she was just light skin. Uh, I thought so too. Yeah. Uh, hold on. But like, could y'all imagine her whole life, her whole acting career has been putting on some crazy accent because a different world. That wasn't her real voice. And then now. <laughs> no, that was her real voice in a different world. That 100%. high pitch. Then listen to what she's doing now. Yeah. But that was, that was her. I don't think voice. so. I think she put on a little bit of like squeakiness. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. But she pretty much played herself as as, Whitley. as a woman, as yes. Whitley, as in a different she world. Is. So she, you know, she was the, you know, very, very bougie, you know, archetype that we all, you know, kind of fall into. Um, she okay. said we all kind of fall into. No, Tanisha, that's just us. <laughs> People think I'm very bougie, you know, but I was not raised, you know, in a very affluent neighborhood in yeah, Atlanta. Right. <laughs> so it's not accurate, but. Me neither. Okay, so, I don't know how I got this bougie. I mean, you just, if you like what you like and the taste level informs it, then you, yeah. you know, you create what you want. And I get that. I love Jasmine Guy. I think her role as an overbearing mother who lacks emotional intelligence, she does it very well. She does, the, the, she there's so many moms like that who are overbearing, who are, are who are not in tune with their with their what their child needs. And um her and and Grace Byers, I think, do a really, really good job of personifying the um the the issues with a mother and daughter relationship that are not obvious. I think that in our community, you know, toxic mothers and toxic daughters, you, you can easily spot like what the issue is there. But because a mom is affluent and you know well cultured, and her daughter is well situated and successful in her own right, no one would suspect that there's there's a, a problem there still. And I think that they do a really good job of um, bringing that to life. However, your question at hand, because I went on a tangent about something else. As a Jamaican You're a good woman, pullover. It's great. Keep doing it. <laughs> I always try to bring it back, you know, because I have a lot, a lot of thoughts. But as a Jamaican woman myself with Jamaican roots, um, I'm really kind of disappointed that we can't in Hollywood figure out ways to cast people from Jamaica, the Caribbean, throughout... Like, I don't understand why that's still a challenge. Yeah. I, I, are Jamaican I agree. Cheryl Lee Roth is a Jamaican actress. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I understand that they need to make people look like they've, they're they related, but 
I, I just feel like it's, I don't want to say lazy, but it's, it's, it's lazy. You know what yeah. I mean? There's so many up and coming actors that don't have the opportunity to, you know, book anything because what they live in Jamaica or, you know what I mean? Like why, 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 why isn't Hollywood as accessible worldwide to be able to integrate all different cultures and different accents? Why do we have to like still get actors from London, black actors in London who have a British accent and like train them to speak like they're from the hood in, you know, Snowfall. America. Like, why do we have to do that? Like, why can't we just get actors from the countries that they're from <laughs> and use them <laughs> and make yeah. all of them stars and completely democratize, you know, what it means to be an authentic actor? Isn't that what the art of acting is for? Yeah. I mean, Tunisia, that is that is the question. But I think we are never going to be able to solve that question because one, they want a recognizable face. You know this. Mm -hmm. They wanted someone, they want as many people because the cast is when it came out was mm -hmm. largely unknown. So they yeah. need people that can be on the view. They need people that they can book Fallon. So mm -hmm. that's why we know that. And that's what sucks about yeah. this. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I personally love seeing her work again after oh, all those years. I love years. seeing her. I think what, sorry. The but what he's not giving. About that, that's what I was going to say. That whole little storyline of them even being from the Caribbean doesn't even need to exist. Like, why couldn't they just be like, oh, we grew up in Manhattan. And like, and she talks normal. It doesn't right. have to, like, it, it felt, normal. that feels, yes, not normal, but. Right. You know what I mean? Well, it's just weird. Yeah. Brandon, you're absolutely correct. I think that it will be more plausible yes. that these uh, two black women, because I, I know, I know Whitney, you know this too. Like there's a, there's a very specific subset of the black elites that live in Harlem. They've lived there for generations. They come from a long generation of money. They probably got money from their slave owners, and that's how they got their start. <laughs> and they're they're such an exclusive group. You know what I mean? If you know them, you know them. They're in Jack and Jill. They're you know they're 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 AKAs. They're Deltas. You know we know who they are, and like that is real authentic New York. You know what I mean? Like not everyone knows them but if you know you know and it's just like mm -hmm. i don't know why they didn't make her the yeah. debutante of like the black elite of manhattan yeah yeah to me that would have made more yeah. sense and then it it could explain yeah. the money a little bit more but i just don't yeah. get it but i don't even know how they got their money well, I mean, yeah, there are people in Jamaica, but we don't even have the we don't even have the B and the C story to really understand where her money comes from. Yeah, and because they're giving her a lot if, of money. Exactly to live. I mean, the, the apartment, the crazy. apartment, the uh, her her business. Mm -hmm. That remember yeah. the whole thing from season one? Like her mom is literally funding the whole thing. So, and it's, yeah. to run a fashion retail business. Yeah. Forget about you it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so again, plot, plot hole. Sorry. <laughs> I said, just a little I said, bit of plot hole. Just a little plot hole. Yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of plot hole because again, I no one's gonna wonder where she got her money from if they just said that they were from New York and there was no accent. But yeah, now that, that we're talking about this, it's like, well, well, where did they get their money from <laughs> in the Caribbean? What were they doing? I want to know. And they're not going to explore that because that's way, you know, not that's way off course. But mm. here we are. Okay, so I want to talk about the main four. Um, I want to talk about them in the same context that we discuss our Sex and the City ladies. Um, I would love us to talk about which, uh, character is most like us and which character do we most want to be like, okay. Hmm. I can go first. Uh, um, I feel like sometimes I do feel like I give off a little bit of Quinn energy um in what way i feel i i I feel like i I also okay well i feel like i also am very much like there for my friends uh we we saw her explore uh what it's like to um have a mental health issue in season two another thing that was hitting us over the head um that was but that was that was annoying yeah move on Uh, (laughs) move on (laughs) and everybody can this be a can this just be like a public service announcement we don't need any more mental health storylines everybody's on medication everybody's in therapy let's just move on okay we don't need a whole storyline um so basically yeah i would say that like i give a lot in my relationships and um i could see like myself also um filling other people's cups so much that my cup is empty. Um, and so I would say that's the element I see of her. Also, I think I, I'm also bougie and I also see, um, like her like goal mindedness. I think that I relate the most to Quinn. Um, but I will say I really love the character of Angie. Um, I love everything about her love her. and I would like to be closer to her or Ty. I love Ty, but I would love to be closer to Angie when it comes to how sexually free she is, how um, unapologetic she is. And uh, I just don't like that. She's just so broke and living on people's couches and stuff. Like, I don't like that, but all the other sides, <laughs> All She's the, the other sides really of her needs to get it together, but she also is a real New Yorker. Okay, yeah. you can yeah, feel she's that hu- she's hustling. Yeah, hustling hard. And yeah. but I do think her storyline started in such a weird way when she was like living lavishly, and then they kicked her out, like her out of her doorman built. Like it was just <laughs> oh, what is happening? The, the record deal. Yeah. The record deal. Is Harlem uh, a cake show? Like, or, or is it supposed to be a comedy? It's supposed to be a comedy, but I do think. It's giving it, camp. It it ventures into camp every once in a while. I love it because she is okay. she is camp. Yeah, she is. She is. is. Oh, oh, yeah. even the way she talks, I like how she she's like I love it. Yeah, I love like it. you know, <laughs> like everything is just like so Broadway. But um, I feel like she's an actress. So y'all, that yeah. scene when she was running at Pride, that had me on the floor. <laughs> 
<laughs> when she was running and all of the black people were like, oh, okay, we run it. So, Cause something got, <laughs> that was that quite was good. frankly, that was yeah, funny. Because, it, because is the series, I, I want to just pull over for a second. Is the series actually funny? It is a comedy. It is billed as a comedy. Table is, that. Table that. Cause I feel like that's going to be a hot, a hot question to, to go back to and give up. We can give all of our full thoughts because we have thoughts, right? Yeah. Yeah. But to Brandon, why don't you why don't you say answer Whitney's question? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I relate to Ty because she's this power lesbian dominant figure, and she's just on her grind, and I I love it. I don't know. I like Ty. I guess to and like to piggyback, I do like how free spirited Angie is, but I also think Ty is very much the same way. But she has her but shit. But Ty together. feels like she's she does have her shit together. Yeah. When they were we were talking about her net worth is two million, I was like, <laughs> she, gave, she gave that I was check. Like, out I need to get into, <laughs> yeah. get into tech. Like, what's going I need on? To get into what's tech? Your over? <laughs> I do love that storyline so 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 much. Anyway, uh, Ty does feel one. ground. Yeah, Ty. Mm. Ty th- th- doesn't feels grounded in some type of like, uh, like something is holding her back from being as free as Angie's character, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so that's why I don't. I I see how you think they're the same, especially from like a sexual perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I do think that there's she has a she has a north star, whereas like, it feels like Angie's character doesn't really have. Mm-hmm. a lot of guidance and that's okay like mm-hmm. i think that's fine anyway yeah okay so yeah, then yeah. which character do you want to be more like so you oh, relate to n- ty not any of them to be honest okay <laughs> a response uh, great <laughs> okay uh, yeah it'd be ty again you because okay. I do like I do like how successful she is, and she's very unapologetic. Entrepreneur, about that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Okay, okay, Tunisia. All right. Um, I think I'm a blend in terms of who I relate to um, with both Quinn and Ty. Um, Whitney knows this as a friend. Um, I pour into my friends. I I make space for them, and I sometimes you know get a little you know. depleted from pouring into others and not really raising my hand when I need emotional support or, you know, um, a a shoulder to cry on. I I actually don't really show that side of myself as much as I used to. Um, And I want to get back to that vulnerability of of being open and, and being, um, and fostering intimate relationships. But on the other side of me, you know, is Ty. Like I'm, pretty self-made I'm pretty motivated I'm pretty strong I'm pretty you know determined and um but to your point I don't know if it was Whitney or Brandon who said this but I feel like I'm I'm still not uh completely um unabashed like who I would want to be which would be you know uh Angie Angie is completely free and that's why I think her character resonates so much with so many people Yes, she's living on a couch and yes, you know, she's not as financially stable, but she is so centered in who she is and who she wants to be. There's nothing 
that holds her back. There, she does not have shame. She does not have, you know, um, self-defeating thoughts. She just keeps going and, and literally makes lemonade out of lemons in every scenario that she's in. <laughs> but you um, but I did you said something about Angie about her living on the couch which made me think about how guests should be when they are in other people's house. <laughs> you have never seen her shit around Quinn's house all over. Cuz I'm like, when you know she- who else you know who else demands that of her guests? You. <laughs> <laughs> I know but it made me giggle cuz I was like, I ain't never seen, seen that house out of place and no. Angie stuff is you never think that she's there. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Is she sleeping on the couch or is there a second bedroom? I she's think she's on, on the couch. couch. Yeah. She couldn't girl. sleep on my couch if my couch was that. That velvet. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, I was be like, Mm-mm. nobody could sleep on my couch. Yeah. You don't That's don't look at it. it. It's not a sleeper. <laughs> it's not a sleeper. It's a, it's, it's oh a bougie couch. God. Anyway. Okay. So, um, Tunisia, I'm not sure if you know this, but we like to rank um, our titles that we discuss uh, between one and five fist bumps. Uh, fist bumps being five fist bumps being excellent, the best mm-hmm. one being not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably not very good for the, <laughs> probably not good for the culture. Uh, so yeah. we're going to rank that. And I think as part of that conversation, um, as we're rounding out the end of this segment, uh, we can discuss is Harlem in fact a comedy? <laughs> Okay. Do you would you like uh, to go first? Sure. Whitney, yeah. I will I will give it I'm going to give it a solid three fist bumps. Um and the reason why, yes, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and the reason why is because I love seeing the portrayal of black sisterhood, um, of just sisterhood in general. Um, I love that. I'm so enamored with just like how much closer it feels to me than sex in the city which is a series that i struggled to identify with for a very long time still don't really um and so i love it because of those reasons i think it could use a little bit more i wish it wasn't so heavy-handed i wish it was more nuanced um i wish the writing was stronger and i wish it really reflected harlem um for all those reasons and I do love the characters. I hate Megan Good, but I think we're supposed Megan Good's character. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate Camille, but yeah. I think that's what we're supposed to do, right? She's the Trojan horse to get yeah. us into the series. Uh, but and lastly, I do not think it's a comedy. I think it is not funny, uh, <laughs> and um, I think it's hilarious that it's billed as one. Um, but it is, it is, it has comedic moments, but this is not a comedy. Okay. Uh, so for that reason, three fist bumps from Whitney. Who's okay. Next? Uh, you want to okay. Um, I'm going to follow your lead. Um, I was all also always planning on giving it three fist bumps. Um, one, two, three. <laughs> I think that, boom, boom, boom. listen, you know, I have such complex thoughts. Everything that you said, plus one, 
I'm happy to see the portrayal of Black sisterhood in New York. I think it it it, it took too long to be you know done, um, especially like after living single um, and and girlfriends was you know based out here in Los Angeles. So it, we needed a portrayal of New York sisterhood in in a way that um, we haven't had in a very long time. So I'm happy for that. I also second your thoughts about the writing and the story structure and the level of authenticity authenticity that could be um better handled with with maybe different writers or a different i don't know but it could definitely be evolved however what i'm most happy about and this is a is a hot take is that we are in a space that we can have subpar and or mediocre that part mm-hmm. everything is not going to be a winner winner chicken dinner i think that black excellence i think that the pressure for everything black to be great is a trap i think that black mediocrity black subparness black eyedness is equally <laughs> valuable to you know, furthering our stories and for and furthering our representation. And, you know, and honestly, it's 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 what's needed in, in direct protest to this idea that we have to be um half as better to you know ten times better to get half of what they, you know, whatever exactly. the saying is. So I feel like I love the fact that this mediocre show with beautiful branding and beautiful costume designing and beautiful cast is just an okay show because that's what's needed. <laughs> okay, so do you think it's a comedy? Do I think it's a comedy? Thank you for keeping me on track. Um, I do. And I think that comedy is subjective. <laughs> you know, yes. what's funny is definitely subjective. Yes, I think it's it's it, it qualifies as a comedy. It's not a, a drama. It's not a docu-series. It's not a reality. You know, it's not any of those things. It's a, it's a comedy with subpar comedy writing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, B, close us out. Close us out. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys You're laughing so at me? So funny, no, and that is is exactly what we need. We need it. Um, okay, and I am going to third this by saying I'm giving it three, three oh. fist bumps. One, two, three. Um, season two kind of lost me just a little bit, but mm-hmm. I have high hopes that it will turn around. Because I feel like this was a weird product of, like, there's a gray area of, you know, after a success of season one, because it was kind of a big rave and, like, everyone was talking about it. And then now we have season two, which I think the follow-up put a little pressure and they were trying to do too much. And mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. where we got all of those weird, big moments that we they thought they needed to discuss. And it kind of fell flat. So, and that that's why I think maybe as they keep going, because I really would love if this kept going, because I think it's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. they, the lighting is great. These women look incredible. The styling, to your point, costume design is on point. They look amazing. They really they do. do. And I'm like, I am here for the outfits. I love that they are walking down the street and basically a gown, like what the fuck ever. Like you look good. They all look right. great. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's three for me. It's gonna. I feel like it can get, keep getting better, but I don't think it's a comedy. I think I'm gonna say dramedy. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just to mix right. in the annoying dramatic moments and those very funny moments, like when they were running, because that had me on the floor. I thought that was <laughs> that hilarious. Was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, Angie, much like Samantha, she carries. Yeah. Samantha, yes. She carries the. She's comedy carrying tour. the show. Yeah. Her, there is no comedy, yeah. and um, you know, yeah, it's, it would not be funny at all without Angie. Right. Yeah, hmm. that's why uh, it's a comedy to me because mm-hmm. because of her. Well, Tunisia, I want to thank you for coming in to chat with us about Harlem today. We know that you are a Sex and the City aficionado, and <laughs> a uh, so a connoisseur. So it's also great to hear this from an expert what their thoughts are. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and do some trivia. Okay, we're back. Um, it is time for trivia. If you um, are new to the pod, Tunisia, Brandon, and I last season had a little segment where we would quiz each other on trivia. Well, for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to give you a question and I'm going to ask you to answer it first. And I then I'm going to ask Brandon to answer it. And then I will tell you who is correct. Um are you ready unless we have the same answer then we're both either wrong or right do we get a bump if we're right you get you get nothing but award and acclaim but like a nice fist bump is yeah yeah give me a bump (laughs) Whitney said no you get (laughs) you get nothing you get nothing okay so um the movie love and basketball there is a scene when after the dance, Quincy and Monica are driving in their car. In that scene, who does Quincy say Monica's date to the dance was? I have a confession. Brandon, don't you do it. <laughs> Brandon. Brandon. I have Are a confession. I feel like I may have watched it, but I don't remember anything about this movie. Oh, I mean, granted, Whitney's question is very specific. It's no very. Specific. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you multiple choice. Please. Okay, that's nice. Um, but yeah, but let's, I'm guessing at this point. <laughs> Brandon, come on. come on, that's wild. Um, okay, he is it a Spalding. B, Magic Johnson, or C, Nike? Spalding. I'm saying Spalding. Wasn't there a Spalding moment in the movie? Of course you're saying Spalding. You're going to say whatever Tanisha said. No, I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The correct answer is yes, Spalding. Um, At the end of the dance, uh, Monica gets in the car with her basketball, her white dress, and then they drive back home because they are what? Next door neighbors. That is also the night that they actually um, have sex for the first time. Now that we've, you know, now that we've Was the basketball up, in the know. room? 
No, the oh, basketball man. was just in the car. The <laughs> basketball magically disappeared <laughs> after that. We might need to look back and see if the basketball made it to the room. But it was kind of wild that she went to that dance with that nice dress on with her basketball. Like, what she wasn't. She didn't. It wasn't like she actually. I, I forget like how the basketball came into the picture, but <laughs> in that scene, which I for some reason will always remember that scene. I uh, he literally says to her. Like you looked, the camera pans down, and she's just like, like tossing a basketball <laughs> <laughs> after this dance in this nice dress in the yeah. car on the way home. It's just like I'm no athlete, but I didn't know that you. You really the love of basketball was very, very clear in the movie. Not very just like clear. love of each other, the love of the basketball. <laughs> it's like the Honestly, actual give, basketball. That's why I was like, it wasn't in a room, right? Right. Give Give Sana her things too, because she really made me believe that she was a hooper. Like. Yeah. She really yeah. made me believe. And then, you know, then we find out years later. No. She never played. She, she ain't like, never no, played. No. That and is I, acting, baby, okay? I love that. That is acting. I love that. Yes. Yes. Well, well done, Tunisia. Brandon, I'll talk to you about this later mm-hmm. offline. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have some you have some explaining to do. You are out of fucking control. Uh but yes, Tunisia. Um, I can't thank you enough for joining well, us. It. Today. There's only one question. Yeah, one question. <laughs> I was and like scared. There's like five questions, and you know, whatever. Okay, no, nope, just I'm, one. <laughs> just one. You did well. You did um, well. Thank you again for joining us, and uh, dear listeners, we are going to say goodbye to our dear Tunisia, and then we will see you momentarily for some roses. Wait, wait, but before we go, Tunisia, please plug anything that you want to plug share your yes, Instagram social. yes. Tell the people all the things so um my name is tunisia as mentioned my socials instagram tiktok twitter if you want to hear my thoughts if you want to see me do crazy things on tiktok or see fun pictures of me on instagram is at t-v-n-i-s-i-a like the spelling of my name um and I am launching a new podcast soon called Ooh. Not Karen's Homegirl. It's a comedy podcast, and we're going to make fun of Karen's in the workplace. So I love <laughs> this. I can't so wait to listen. I can't, um, I can't wait to be on it. I can't wait to <laughs> invite you guys on it. I can't wait for us to laugh and for you to tell me if you think it's a comedy podcast or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love this so much. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you well, so your, much. Your, your listeners can follow me to get all the details on that. Um, but thank you guys so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff. I would love to come again if you guys want to talk about anything else on the side. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Okay, y'all, it's time for roses. And you know how we love to give roses out to people who can still smell them. And this mm-hmm. week, we're giving the roses, 10 dozen roses, to the one and only Niecy Nash. Let's go, Niecy. Oh, let's go, Niecy. Come to the front, sis. Come to the front. I just, Like, what an incredible career she's had. Like, she's been in the game for a long time. And I, I truly mm-hmm. think, like, I fell in love with her and her comedic roles in Reno 911. I was like, who is this black oh, lady? Yeah. And I was waiting for her to come. Because I loved that show, but waiting for her to show up on screen. She's so good. She's just funny. 
she's she also was like she was very good in that beauty uh, also a great actress no a beauty and a a beauty but a great actress in a bad movie remember that one (laughs) damn it oh we have an episode coming up about that actually and the great actors in bad movies so yes yes. but oh my gosh yeah i love her newly found lesbian yeah let's go newly found lesbian (laughs) yes um my favorite part about Niecy Nash um, is from a series uh, called Getting On. Um, that's um, one of the greatest, low-key, the greatest. <laughs> it should be high-key, but I don't think a lot of people watch that. It's fucking perfect. Yeah. What's that little that's Asian lady that's love. in it, too? Yeah, she's also from Mad TV. Yeah. Um, but that's when I fell in love with Niecy Nash. I I think that her acting skills are just like on another level. Um, I don't think that Claws is for me, so I never watched it. Um, Wait, I also what do you never Claws? watched Claws. That's the series that she was in for a very long time. Oh, Claws, the nails. I didn't think no, that wasn't good. I really tried for her. Oh, you tried. I, I tried. never tried. I tried. Um, I was like, that's not for me. And that's okay. Um, I also didn't watch Dahmer, um, and that's not for me either. Um, she was fantastic but I did watch... in it. Really? She was fantastic in it. She really was. So was Homeboy. But it was the oh, yeah. darkest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. I was depressed. Yeah. So, again, not for me. Yeah. Um, but I will say her performance in When They See Us was heart-wrenching and so lived in and thoughtful and just so believable. Mm -hmm. And so if you take something like Getting On and Reno 911, and then you go all the way to the other side of the spectrum and you look at When They See Us, that is range. It's range. That is range. And to me, I think that we don't discuss, and she's making a calculated effort to get more into serious roles, but we need to discuss this more often that Niecy Nash has this level of range where she can mm-hmm. be so excellent from as a, com- a comedic lead and like carry a scene in her own right from a dramatic standpoint. So Niecy girl, and yeah. I just love her online persona. Oh my God, and she's very I good. I love following her on Instagram <laughs> and her and her wife are just so happy. And, you know, I just, I wish her nothing but the best, but mostly I want her to have her roses. I want her to get up here and get your roses, girl. I hope she listens so she can know that she's beloved. I think she knows that too. But, oh my God, Nisi. Agreed. We love you. And I think that wraps us up for this week. Um, We had um, a lot to say. So, you know what? Hit us up. Let us know if you agree, disagree. You can find us on Instagram at look at us pod. And then also, you know what I'm going to say. Come on now. I need you to <laughs> like, rate, review, do the whole thing. Hell like, yeah. Ooh, I, think I should make it like <laughs> like, rate, review. Like, it's anyway. kind of like the uh, bings, rings. Oh my God. Yeah, we should. Do- yes. <laughs> I think we can figure out how to record that. <laughs> oh, yes. So please uh, do the things. You know we need it. And um, until next week, dear listener. Thank you. Bye. You name it. That was perfect. A 
got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams,